ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It took Naeem Cassidy 10 years to get over his wife's death and move on. Then he found out she was still alive. Now he has to choose between the life he had with Destiny and the life he's built with Dijon. There is one major problem, though. Destiny's father. Because of his lies and secrets, someone has to die. And Naeem refuses to grieve for his wife again. Will his choice cause the end of his relationship with Dijon and create a war with the Black Mayhem Mafia? Or will it end things between him and Destiny permanently this time around? Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to my podcast. I want to apologize for that nasally, disgusting-sounding episode last week, but I just wanted to get another episode out and continue in this series that we're going through. And we are on part five A Father's Objection, Reclaiming a Black Mafia Enforcer. And, you know, where the last story left off with Savant, finding out that destiny is actually still alive so let's get started um it actually starts with a prologue of Dijon and Naeem in Santorini Greece because he told her to pick any place in the world where she wanted to make their relationship official and that's the place she chose it's where she wants to get married so it only made sense for that to also be the place that they made it official. Um, he got her a anklet that has his name on it. And, you know, he's just asking her, you know, you're mine, right? Forever. And I want you to wear this for a few reasons. I want this to be a physical statement to any nigga that eyes you that you're taking. I want to see it when I'm digging inside you every night. And I want this to ground you and remind you that I'm not just your soulmate, but I'm your S-O-L-E mate, your life partner, meant to walk every day of life with you for the rest of your life. You'll never feel alone or rejected or unwanted again, excuse me. And you know, this is everything that she wants to hear I feel like we as women want to hear, you know, it's really beautiful. But in the back of her mind, she can't really enjoy and be a part of this moment because all she can think about is there is a possibility that his ex-wife is still alive. And although he's saying these things right now, he won't mean them when he finds finds out that Destiny is still alive. But, you know... Back into this moment, it's real, you know, and she just pushes that to the back of her mind. And they have sex and, you know, just telling 
each other, how much they love each other. And he tells her, give me six months and you'll have my last name as well. Like, you know, he's in it for the long haul. He's not going anywhere. And she's just praying that that doesn't change, you know, even when he does find out this information. So they're now back at home and she's still in Hazan's position as a person, you know, who counts the money and collects the money from the corner boys or whatever. But on this particular day, one of the runners, like he's anxious, he's moving funny and she's watching it, you know, and watching him and his phone keeps ringing in his pocket, but he won't answer it. So because she notices it, she asks him, like, you're not going to answer your phone? And he's like, no, I'll answer it, you know, when I'm done. And she tells him, like, no, answer it right now. So he gets an attitude and just like, you know, I'll answer it when I leave. Like, can you just count the money so I can go? So she uh, tells Naeem to check the cameras because she feels like um, it's a setup. And so the guy explains that it's not his fault. Some um, competition that they have, our wannabe competition, kidnapped his daughter and, you know, didn't leave him with much of a choice. And it's just like, do you not know the family that you work for? You you definitely had a choice and you just chose to do the wrong thing. So um, they shoot him and make it out in time. And the people get nothing when they try to bum rush them in their warehouse. So Naeem and Dijon are just, you know, laying around his house, just kicking it. He's playing the game. She's off on her phone. We'll do whatever, whatever. Before Savant calls saying, you know, he's about to pull up because he needs to talk to both of them. And this is what Dijon has been dreading because she just knows that once Savant delivers this news it's over for them and Naeem will be yet another man that has left her and broken her heart you know her father left her her on again off again BS that she was doing with um, rock and he had to leave her or put things before her so she has just been anticipating this heartbreak ever since Savant laid the possibility of Destiny coming back on her so you know when Savant gets there and tells Naeem what's going on Naeem is in disbelief and he's like you know my wife excuse me, ex-wife is still alive. And the first thing Dijon asks is, what do you need from me? What do you need me to do? Just tell me and I'll do it. And he says, you know, I want you to stay, but just give me space. And of course she honors that. And he goes into his bedroom and slams the door. And all you hear is like furniture breaking him throwing things around, and then you hear him crying. And, of course, no one can blame him for, the, for that. Because, like, you spent the last 10 years of your life thinking that your wife was dead. And to find out that she's alive, 
how do you handle that? And then you also have to relive the emotions of for a second having hope that your sons are really alive, but they are not. So then you have to deal with that pain in that moment all over again. And then realizing that your father-in-law lied to you for the last 10 years of your life and buried someone who was not his daughter. Like, he is processing so many things all at once. So, you know, Dijon is in her feelings because it's just like, what do I do? Yeah, he asked me to stay, but am I really going to stay around just for him to leave me? And Savannah asks her, you know, why do you feel like that's the case? I've had talks with this man and all he ever talks about is how much he loves you and his future is with you. You know, like, don't be so quick to give up on him. And she's just, she refuses to believe it. She's like, you know, I know how much he loved her at one point and to know that she is a lot, of course he's going to go back with her. Like there's no other option. But Savannah just tells her, you know, you need to have faith. And so Naeem has been locked in his room for three days. He hasn't eaten anything. He's just basically been staring at the wall. Dijon, she'll bring him food and, you know, just like open the door enough to slide the food in and close the door. And she'll pray at the door with him and then she'll leave. And Addison shows up because, you know, she's still his life coach. And it's like, Dijon had to call him. So she's coming over to check on him. And, you know, as she's talking to him, she's like, you know, talk to me. Tell me what's going on in your mind right now. And his first words are he's going to kill his father-in-law because he buried a woman that he knew wasn't his daughter. And it's like, and he, he let me believe that she was dead. So I'm killing him right off the bat. There's nothing to talk about. The man is dead. And then he asks her if Dijon knew. And at first she's like, you know, that's something you need to talk to her about. He's like, no, did she know? And Addison has to explain to him like, yeah, she knew, but she didn't want to tell you off the possibility that, Whoever this woman was could be lying because nobody knew if that woman was telling the truth or not. So the DNA results came back and he has to acknowledge that even when she knew she still stayed by his side, but he realized all her emotions and how she seemed withdrawn and kind of nervous. That's the reason why, because she's been walking around on eggshells at the possibility of this being all over. But he acknowledges, you know, like to himself, like as soon as this is over, he has to get with Dijon and let her know that he wants to be with her. Like he's gonna, oh, Addison left him Destiny's phone number. Like, you know, call her, don't call her, but you need closure and this is what you need to do. So he calls Destiny and, you know, he tells her, I'm going to fly you in and we're going to talk. But he let her know right off the bat that he's seeing someone. And she's just like, oh, okay. Really like paying in no attention, but he let her know like he's with someone. 
And when he hangs up with her, he's like, you know, him and Dijon got to get right because it's them from now on. He just basically has to see destiny for himself to acknowledge that she's alive and then close that chapter of his life. So, of course, when Naeem sees Destiny at the airport, there's they both of them are just so overwhelmed with emotions and they embrace in a hug. And because he's so overwhelmed with seeing her, when Destiny kisses him, he doesn't, you know, automatically pushes push her away and you know, he lets it happen, but he has to reiterate to her once again, I am with someone. And she's like, but I'm your wife. He's like, no, ex-wife. When your dad let me believe that you were dead, that meant that you were no longer my wife. And, you know, basically she's acting as if she understands, but she really doesn't. Because he takes her to his house and Dijon is there, but she literally just popped in to get her iPad and she was trying to rush out the door when they came. But he was like, you know what? I'm so glad you're here. And he turns to Destiny and says, you know, basically, this is Dijon. This is my woman. And but Destiny tries to introduce herself as the wife. And she's like, I'm his wife. And he turns and looks at her and says, ex-wife. I told you that this was my lady. And she's like, really? Like, you're really going to do that? So, Dijon is like, I'm leaving you to figure this out. You know, I'll talk to you later. But he's like, not letting it go. Like, can I get a kiss? You know, like, I love you. And she tells him that she's going to keep her distance until he can figure this out. Because she's not trying to cause any problems. You know, none of that. So, they haven't been seeing each other, like, the last couple of days unless it's at work. So, because Dusty is staying at his home, Dijon has been back in her little cottage that she has. And I think I've expressed this before, but the sound of living in, like, a small cottage that's just your own personal space, I would love that. Oh, I would love that. So, anyway... Dijon calls up Naeem when, um, what's her name? Vanna. Sorry, I drew a blank there for a second. When Vanna went into labor, like, you know, I'm sorry to bother you, but we're at the hospital if you want to show up. So he's like, of course, I'm on my way. And when he does show up, he has destiny with him. And, you know, everybody's being respectful. Nobody has been rude to her but it's destiny acting as if she's uncomfortable and she doesn't really want to be there and while naeem and dijon are flirting and kissing she's like you know i'm ready to go and she gets up saying like some wild disrespectful shit and she spits at dijon's feet because what she's been in paris this whole time and i guess that's how uh they show their displeasure by spitting at people's feet. And so Dijon tells her, yeah, it's best that you go. Because in a second, I'm going to forget all the shit I said about allowing you grace and I'm going to fuck you up. 
which I can't blame because Vixen really had to hem uh, Destiny up in her chair and was choking the shit out of her because it's like, okay, my girl ain't going to do nothing, but I'm going to do something. And I don't give a fuck who she is, who she's supposed to be. I'll kill this bitch so she could be dead for real. Um, but Naeem takes her up out of there. And this is when they've been waiting on her father to get back. Because, you know, he was gone on a trip. So when he gets back, you know, they pull up to the house to have this conversation with him. Because it's like, what would possess you to make me believe that my wife was dead all these years and then you know why destiny you know why would you tell me that everybody thinks i'm alive when they don't like everybody believes me to be dead you didn't tell me that you basically had no plans on me coming back and long story short he never expected them to really be together uh Faulkner and he basically said when he found out that Naeem was just sleeping with Destiny he told him like you either have to marry my daughter or leave her alone and he expected just the thought of marriage to run Naeem off so when they actually got married he was pissed because like I wanted you to just be my enforcer if you got married to my daughter, that would change. And the plot twist, which is so crazy, because Naeem was working all the time and he was going on time, Destiny was quote-unquote bored, which I'm not saying that you can't be bored, saying you can't feel neglected, but these are what conversations are for. And if you have the conversation letting somebody know how you feel and if they don't do anything about it you can leave why would you cheat on somebody but the guy she was cheating on Naeem with is the guy that became obsessed with her he was part of the um Delgado family I believe um yep the Delgado family And he became obsessed with her and wanted her to leave her husband and be with him. But she wasn't doing that. So he did come over to the house like for business. But he was trying to get her to talk to him to change her mind about cutting him off. And when she wouldn't, you know, like agree to his terms, that's when he assaulted her, you know, raped her and tried to kill her. But she survived, and then he killed the children. Um, Faulkner, you know, found her, got her to the hospital, and basically whisked her away because it's like, you know, if they find out you're still alive, it's a wrap. And he just wanted, he didn't want Naeem to find out they both didn't want him to find out so you know he's sitting there listening to both of them talk and looking at her like so first i gotta find out you was cheating and then the nigga that you was cheating on me with killed my children you know like yeah they tried to kill you too but at this point you know he really don't care about that it's like he killed my children because of you really so it's like it's your fault for creeping around on me 
that our children are dead and you didn't want to tell me this information and so you basically just been hiding out in Paris for 10 years and you know she said she claims that she's been trying to come back for a while now but he just always claims that it's it was never the right time and it's like if he went on a killing spree like you told me he did and got the people that did this to me plus many times over why can't I come back and so, because Naeem is so enraged, he kills him right then and there. And got half a mind to kill her too. But she lets him know. She, like, pulls out a ledger. Or ledger. Is it ledger? Anyway, it's a book. Sorry. <laughs> um, that has a list of every criminal act that Naeem did for Faulkner. While they work together. It has dates and times and everything. So Destiny tells him. If you kill me. The lawyer has a copy of these. And plan on. Releasing them. So basically you can't kill me. And you have to be with me. Because even if you don't kill me. If you refuse to be with me. I'm going to release these anyway. So she tells him. I want you to come back to Paris with me. And sorry I gotta force your hand this way but if you won't go willingly you're gonna go unwillingly because I've lost so much already I refuse to lose you too but it's like sweetheart you have lost him already you forcing somebody to be with you is the definition of you losing them and then wanting nothing to do with you so he pretends as if he's agreeing to her terms and conditions and tells her, you know, I just need a couple days to get my affairs in order, to trans- transfer over a few things, and we can go. And for some reason, she just believes this. Like, oh my god, are you serious? Don't play with my emotions right now. Like, bitch, don't play with show emotions. You're playing with mine. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I did not mean to do that. Um, like, what are you talking about? Don't play with your emotions. You trying to force me to be with you. But anyway, you know, though he takes those few days to basically plan how to kill her and make sure that information doesn't come out. Because it's like, no way in hell am I giving up my life and going anywhere with you. You can get that out your head right now. Like, it's not going to happen, Miss Girl. Um... So, you know, he talks to Dijon, and I love that. It has always been open communication between those two. Like, I don't want to get anything misconstrued. This is what's happening, and this is what we're going to do. So, you know, of course, they get that. (laughs) He gets that plan executed. She's dead. She's done. So, they get back to getting their life on track of talking marriage, talking children, and everything like that. So we end the story with Dijon going to Naeem's mother's house. You know, just to spend a couple hours with her. Just them talking, getting to know each other on a more personal level. And you know, just act, I guess a motherly figure for her to bond with. Because yes, she has April, but... April is April. It's like, girl, blah. But while 
there there there's something going on with Naeem's sister. He has a twin sister who there's something going on with her, but she doesn't want to tell anybody. So nobody fully knows the story behind her. But she's been visiting home more frequently, which is something she doesn't do. And she won't speak on what's the matter with her, but everybody can tell. So it's just like, girl, what do you want us to do? But yeah, that's the end of this story. I didn't want to go into too much detail because you know you can read the book. I strongly recommend it. I love B Love's book. I just love the way she writes. Like she's so intense with her words and it's just like if I could really have a man say these things to me I would just whew, thank you Jesus like what and <laughs> anyway so I got uh, I guys I hope you guys enjoyed this review and I hope to see you back next week um I actually have to find a different book to read because the next part part six is called in his possession two and this is Assad and scarlet's wedding because they're getting married because you know he proposed they have their baby everything is great for them oh in this story too vanna like one day when vanna scarlet and dijon were out at lunch Vanna revealed that she was still upset with Hassan for cheating. She felt like because exactly what I said when their story happened. She forgave him simply because he almost died. And it's like, oh my God, I almost didn't have you. So of course I forgive you and I want to give this relationship a try. So she felt like she jumped the gun in forgiving him. And she's actually still upset with him for cheating on her. Which I would be too. Because it's like, nigga, you really cheated just because you could. You did not need to sleep with that girl. There was no reason for you to sleep with that girl. Because if she didn't give you no play. Which I'm trying to understand. Like, y'all niggas be so smart to the point y'all dumb. That girl literally gave you no play. Excuse me, my nose is stopped up. She literally gave no play while you were single and pursuing her. It's like the minute you got into a relationship and one paying her no type of attention, all of a sudden she needs you to come home with her. She's just trying to give you some pussy just because. And just because you was chasing her all that time, you just took it. Just Like, come on now. You're not that stupid. Men are not stupid like they pretend to be. And just because a nigga could, he did. And because he almost died, it's just like, I hate the saying, but the bar is in hell. Like, so what the nigga died? And, like, nigga, we can co-parent. You don't have to be with him to raise this baby. But anyway, uh, when she finally tells him what's going on, you know, he lets her... Move into another bedroom till she gets her emotions together. And they go to therapy and talk it out with someone else. So they're just not yelling and arguing with each other. But he says, you know, we're not breaking up. That's my wife. Whoop-de-whoop. But I'm just like, I I don't know. I'm on Vanna's side. Like, I wouldn't have forgave that nigga anyway. It's like, I'll... Very much like the show Queens. I'll help you get back to health. But as soon as your ass is healthy... 
I'm out, nigga. Like, ain't no fucking way. Like, you literally did that shit just because. So just because I can, I'm leaving your ass. Don't fucking play with me. Um, But I hope book seven. I kind of wanted to go a little bit more into Savant and Addison's story. I want to see where that goes. Because they're like kind of the older couple. Because she literally has an 18-year-old daughter who's in college. So it's like, do they have kids of their own? Do they start all over? Because technically Savant doesn't have any kids. And I think he wants kids. And, you know, I don't, and that last story is probably going to be about the daddy coming back to, you know, like, let's just uh throw some theories out there. That last book probably going to be about the daddy coming back because they talked about that too. Like, discussing Naeem having to kill his ex-wife. Because it's just like, if she has to be taken care of, let it be from your loved one. Because it's like, girl, you got to go. But who do you want to take you out? Some stranger or somebody that you love? And Hassan brings up the fact that he will take out his father if he comes on American soil. Because it's like, I got to do what I got to do to protect my family. So I see that being part of the final book. Because it's just like... You're going to come back over here thinking you're about to take over some shit and you're going to get your feelings hurt, literally, and you're going to be dead regardless. But because the daddy, it's just like, nigga, you really fathered six children and then, like, I think it was brought up in the first book. Because they don't live in Memphis, it's basically like they don't exist, which is why I kind of wish she just would have stuck to the four children, because it's like, if we're not going to learn their names, they're not going to be a part of the story, like, what's the purpose in even bringing them up? But, you know, I get it, details. Um, It's like, you just went around father and children, and it's like, those are the six that they know of. They truly believe that they have way more siblings out there, just because that's the kind of trifling nigga that the daddy is. But anyway... Or, oh, you know what? Because who is it? Not, because you got, uh, I forgot the other one's name. Oh, Sam, the brother that went to jail as well with Savon, you know, for sticking up for Hazan. I feel like that should have been part six in this story. Because it's just like, everybody is basically getting a part two like a continuation of their story. And I feel like he needs his own love story. And then what about Rock? Do Rock actually find a, finds a woman instead of pining after uh, Dijon all this time? And then, oh, wow. That was another thing that pissed me off. Because of the situation with Destiny, her drunk ass goes over to Rock's house Telling him, you know, like, this is your fault. You shouldn't have never left me. Um, and basically about to sleep or try to sleep with Rock because she believes that Naeem will sleep with Destiny or is about to sleep with Destiny because she saw Destiny's lipstick on his collar. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And on his lips from when she kissed him. But thankfully, Rock did the right thing and was like, I'm not about to have sex with you while you win your feelings over this man. Like, you know, take your drunk ass home or, you know, you can sleep on the couch. 
but we are not having sex. So you can let that go. Oh, excuse me. I thought I was over this cold. My nose just... Oh, excuse me. So, yeah. And it's like, uh, they had to have that conversation. Because he tells her, you know, I did let her kiss me. But it's just because we was caught up in the moment. And then, but he leaves off the part about where Destiny grabbed uh, on his dick. Told him something, you know, you really not going to let me have this. And it's like, bitch, no. She was violating major. I'm so glad when she died. It's like, that bitch got to go. But, yeah, anyway, that's all I got to say. I hope you guys enjoyed my review. I hope to see you back next week. Peace and blessings. Mwah.